Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. In the first part of a two-part episode with Parath Kumar, who is the marketing head for Zoho Creators, Parath shares his journey uh, starting as a software developer, passing out from uh, College of Engineering, Gindi, Chennai, and uh, moving on to uh, taking up a marketing role based on his passion of packaging, idea generation, presenting, and creating great moments. Uh, on a daily basis uh, he went on um, to become a marketing uh, and a content manager for artel and becoming the circle head and coming back into software with ramco systems and uh, the uh, zoho for the developers itself and it is an amazing journey he shares please listen on uh, welcome to software people stories barak Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Gayatri. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> All right. So, Bharat, I know you personally for now for five years now. Uh, but I want you to introduce uh, yourself uh, to our, uh, uh, you know, listeners in your own words. Yeah, sure. This is the typical tell me about yourself interview question. So I'm prepared for this. <laughs> exactly. uh, So yeah currently i work as a uh, marketing manager at zoho a saas organization that's where i am my journey has been uh, a typical small town boy i come from a place called kadalur near uh, pondicherry in, in tamil nadu uh, yeah um schooling still 12th there then came to chennai for engineering work for infosys as a developer then wanted to get into marketing uh worked predominantly in airtel as a b2c marcom marketing communication uh, person then worked in the previous stint was with ramco erp a software player more into the logistics erp marketing role uh, from then on for the last 5 years almost i'm with uh, zoho my role currently is focused on marketing plus also customer experience partnership alliances so in a way more of the gtm efforts of uh, the developer tools of zoho that's that's what i do currently wow just to be clear right you and i were working for infosys around the same time between 2006 to 2009 uh, that is what my oh, yeah. research has told although we didn't meet <laughs> at that point in time and yeah. so uh, tell me what propelled you to move away from uh, software i know you started your career in software i'm sure infosys would have been a great start uh, and to put yeah. your good stead what what was the reason for moving away from software but still supporting software i want to understand that uh... yeah yeah so i i wouldn't look at it as moving away from software but something that i i felt like right from my college days like i i did my uh, engineering in chennai at uh, the college of engineering in delhi uh, predominantly my let's say the things that i enjoyed were happening outside the classroom in the sense that uh, i used to be the mc for our events i used to be the coordinator for multiple programs and so on and so forth so somehow subconsciously or intentionally i was developing a thought in my mind that hey 
marketing customer facing roles are some things that you will enjoy bharat was the identity that i was uh, giving myself um, due to certain personal reasons so i have two younger brothers who are twins certain financial reasons like i graduated and they started their college so i realized that my parents cannot support three students at the same time so i thought okay i'll i'll work for a couple of years also that time a uh, lot of institutes were valuing pre uh, mba experience it was in fact a parameter for admissions and so on so obviously infosys is a great place to be and third year i mean yeah 2006 is when i completed my engineering so 2005 third year itself placements used to start and i got placed then itself so i looked at it as a nice launch pad uh, the the last year in engineering also i focused more on these skills uh, let's say public speaking presentation uh, coordination with people and so on and then three years of infosys i enjoyed so i, I used to work for mainframes uh, for the first one and a half two years and then in dotnet for the next one year uh, it was a good experience i wouldn't say that i didn't like it etc but just that somehow i felt my passion was more on the customer facing side than the developer side and then uh, i ended up again being in software at the end so be tramcor so i am still in the software space of things wonderful uh, and uh, i think uh, many listeners will also appreciate this part of um, understanding where is your strength and uh, i mean going and pursuing that um, you pursued a mba um, to make that switch how was that journey uh, how did you decide to do mba and even in mba there's so many plethora of options so what uh, what was your journey there uh, uh, like i touched upon gayatri i don't think i was like crystal clear that this is what i wanted to do or uh, something like that but for me my thought process was like this what were my best days uh, be it let's say engineering or otherwise Uh, even now when i look back at what am i enjoying that is one parameter that i go back to like when did you have a great day when did you go back to your family and say wow that was a nice day or when you talk to friends you say oh it was maybe hectic but i really like the day today those are the things that i wanted to do again and again so in a very crude way uh, in my engineering days uh, during whatever experience that i had initially i felt those interacting with people presenting an idea packaging a thought and delivering it were the things that i i really liked so let's say even when i did my engineering project that was something that i liked more than the actual project work which was good but how i presented it how i got applause from the audience for my idea you know those are the things that gave me kick so from that i sort of vaguely thought okay marketing people handling or presenting those are the things that you will enjoy bharat and then i started moving towards that space even at infosys while i was a developer i did a lot of these small small projects as let's say knowledge management prime i used to run quiz for my team uh, which were not a part of the job description per se but those are the things that sort of gave me an identity like i was not the best developer out there but i was the most approachable most people friendly sort of a person out there so that was in a way my identity so then uh, obviously wanted to do an mba because at least now lot of organizations are open to having people without a let's say a marketing or a uh, let's say an mba degree into their marketing uh, systems but that time 2009 that came as a show stopper like even infosys there was not an opportunity for me to move to marketing internally because the systems were expecting that hey you should have an mba or you should have a degree from such a background etc so uh, i had a few options and i went with great lakes Great Lakes is predominantly known as a marketing uh, institute as in their uh, strength is mostly on the marketing side of things while they also offer a lot of like finance it ops others are also offered as selectives but a uh, lot of professors who come there are from the uh, uh, who's who of let's say marketing side of things uh, 
uh, and then after i went in when i sat through the sessions when i sat through the classes i felt okay i am getting excited by these courses uh, so i sort of doubled down on my thinking saying okay i'll spend more time on marketing and took marketing as my major like Three months after you are in the course, you are given a choice. Okay, now you have to select your electives. Will it be finance? Will it be ops? Will it be marketing? That time, I was very clear that okay, I want to get into marketing, and I and I uh, went ahead with that. Wow, wonderful! And in fact, uh, the other funny thing, Bharat, is that you and I were in the Great Lakes Institute around the same time. Though you might have been, you were full time, right? I was doing my executive yeah. MBA. I was doing oh, my okay. PM, so a <laughs> small world. Huh? Oh, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know that you were in Great Lake, but I didn't realize that it's around the same time. But uh, yeah. at the time, we didn't have a campus. So we were actually in uh, Srinagar colony and all of that. So it's good, interesting. <laughs> so Yeah, uh, in fact, we were the first batch in that campus. So the, for the first two months, we were staying in MGM Beach Resort and shuttling to <laughs> campus the same day. And one other weird personal thing, just a deviation is, the campus, the Srinagar campus from where Great Lakes was operating earlier is where my son Keshav's school tips was operating initially. So when we went there for admission, we were like, oh, because my wife is also from Great Lakes. So the connect continued when we went for admissions and we were like, oh, this is the same place where we came for Great Lakes admission. So, yeah. <laughs> very, very interesting. Bharat. In fact, uh, uh, I mean, I like the way you're saying about the great days that I had. And, uh, you know, repeating it over and over again. I mean, I'm, I am I tell you, some of sometimes I find that's a luxury that uh, people have early on. And uh, uh, many times I feel, I keep telling people that you can take a choice at a later stage. It's not like, you yeah. know, um, at least particularly now that everybody values those cross-functional skills. Where yeah. you have, you know, E-shaped engineers, E-shaped uh, professional. So I, 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 I think having that sort of a software background and uh, engineering skills, as well as adding that MBA and professional degree, I think it would have really made you more, uh, you know, focused in the skills, right? So tell Definitely. me, after you finished your MBA, what were the decisions that you had to take? Got it. So... Uh... So I was clear that I wanted to get into marketing. Uh, so I was on a sabbatical from Infosys. Uh, so when I finished my MBA, the first company that came to Great Lakes uh, was Infosys or like first day was Infosys. I got an offer, but it was not a marketing role. Some, some confusion happened like Infosys with no disrespect, such a large organization. Uh, like I was recruited in the campus and then the offer was rescinded because the HR said, hey, you are not quit from Infosys, you are a sabbatical. So you have to come back and then change uh, to the marketing stream, which didn't happen. So uh, that was, that's for a different day. Uh, then I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign from the universe telling, don't shift your focus, we'll focus on marketing. Uh, and I had a professor, a mentor that I used to look up to, uh, he's no more. Uh, he connected me with an opportunity for a rural marketing uh, avenue that time. So it's, uh, it's a part of the erstwhile Bank of Madura group. Uh, it's called Madura Microfinance, which is where I started my uh, uh, marketing stint. Fantastic learning experience because the role had two parts to it. One is microfinance entities used to work with rural women, giving them small loans, etc., small self-help group loans. So my role was educating them, like uh, telling them that, hey, the 10,000 rupees that you get as a loan, instead of buying a TV, buy a, maybe a, a, a grinder. In a way, 
buy things that will give you returns you can you can invest it in your business etc so educating them on what are some of our news how to calculate your cost generally when people calculate their cost they don't include their cost like i am a woman doing something for my own i look at the ingredients cost but i don't look at the effort that i am putting as a cost and making profit out of it etc so things like that educating rural women uh, people who are getting loan of a 10000 rupees so in a way that is an indication of the social profile that they are in so that used to be like half of my day the other half will be interacting with corporates like i have interacted with the brand heads of kevin care coca cola uh, coca cola had a product called vitingo which used to treat anemia so telling them that hey i already have a 4 lakh rural women base to whom we give loans and we meet them twice a month through our distribution channel uh, collecting those loan money giving loans etc that system is set up you can use me as a bridge to get connected to them but use it in a productive way in the sense that you want distributors for your parachute oil in rural pockets we are talking about tier 3 tier 4 cities towns you can use our existing funnel or existing network to get connected so i my interactions will be either of these extremes talk, going to a karaikudi or like places that are 60 kilometers from karaikudi and sitting in a self help group meeting and educating them talking to them about things and then the next day going to a parachute uh, kevin cares office and sitting in the ac room and talking about brand strategy and plans etc etc so it, it sort of i think molded me in a very nice way that okay i i saw both the spectrum uh and it it was a good uh, experience to start with unfortunately there was uh, at that time there was an issue called uh, there was an sks microfinance that went through an issue the whole industry came under the uh, there was a new regulations that were introduced by the government saying microfinance industry should focus on microfinance and not more on the allied things which means the the department that i was handling was called micro markets uh, there are a lot of restrictions on what is possible under the ambit of the government regulations so i moved out and joined it so that's where my marketing stint started wow very very interesting bharat in fact when you were saying about uh, women uh, empowering women and the recently we we were we are trying to create some offering for the angel investment so there we are actually talking about how if you invest in one woman you actually have a nine people impact and if you have a one woman enterprise enterprise mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be a huge one it's a small uh, gig that has a three times impact i mean the and the multiplier effect is mind boggling when it comes to actually Definitely. empowering and it's amazing Definitely. so how was your artel experience are, are you part of the advertisement side of things or the actual yeah, uh, yeah. marketing <laughs> what, how, how did that go yeah i think uh, i believe in the alchemist the paul kahelos book the alchemist which says when you really want something the universe will conspire to give <laughs> you so i always wanted to get into advertising while a lot of my friends said you don't even know what you want <laughs> you are you are attracted by the fancy things of advertising but the reality there are a lot of challenges etc but yeah airtel role was a more calm role marketing communication role a uh, very crudely put anywhere where you see an airtel logo it could be a poster banner leaflet a retail store an airtel store uh, a store that you see inside an express avenue let's say a mall uh, own retail outlets etc all of those branding and communication around that brand is what uh, i was in charge of so airtel works in circles like each one each circle is like a self sustained business unit so i was a part of the ktn circle kerala tamil nadu circle so the ceo was like the pnl owner for the circle and i was a part of that team uh that was a pure marcom role uh, so in telecom uh, marketing is very i would say powerful in the sense that deciding what 
benefits will be given for a specific pack, what where network should be installed, where energy should be spent on, let's say, a 4G, 5G launch, etc. All of those are data driven, which is predominantly executed driven by the marketing team. Obviously, it's a team effort, multiple teams work together, sales, network operations, etc. But lot of those thought process and decisions happen at the marketing table. Uh, my role was not into those core aspects. It was more on the communication aspect of things. So if a 3G is or a 4G or Novo 5G launch is happening in a city, uh, the communication plan around it, what activities you will do, what how will you create that noise in the market, the bus in the market was what my goal was. And telecom is a very competitive space, uh, like retail stores. I am not sure how many people actually give importance to that, but at least we in the telecom space give a lot of importance. Like if you see, let's say an Anbu mobile and people go there to recharge, ensuring that the Anbu mobile's facade, the store head, uh, this thing looks like there is an Airtel branding. It's an Airtel logo that is there and not a idea out of phone logo, et cetera, right? It used to be that level of race. When you travel on road, how many times you are spotting an Airtel logo versus a competitor logo? That was my role. Uh, giving as much visibility to Airtel as a brand, starting from uh, the fancier things are the TV ads. The that time we were also a sponsorship a sponsor of the, the, the cricket matches. So I got access to those pavilion <laughs> tickets when India played matches in Chennai and so on. So those are, let's say, the 10% time, but the fancier part. But most of the work is on. I've also traveled from Chennai to Tirichi in car, stopping at, let's say, 100 places to measure wall paintings that are done where an Atal logo will be painted on the wall. So before approving the bill, we'll have to validate, randomly check some locations and go and see the vendor bill and the actual painting. Are they correct? Is the logo painted the right way? Is the dimensions the right? The vendor is billing for 10 feet by 20 feet height and the payment is on a per square foot basis. Is the size actually what he's claiming for, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, again, in a nutshell, any Atal logo, Atal communication that happens, I would be involved. TV ads, etc. run centrally, but the thumbnail translation happens here. So when I joined was the Terra Mera campaign. So uh, which was like in 2011-12, a very famous, very a good hit. Like after the Air Rahman ad of Atel, this was, let's say, the second best performing ad of Atel. Even then, there was a lot of interesting conversations, very purely because the central team sits in Delhi and there used to be an agency who was here. So the translation was... For Tera Mera, what was proposed was But we had to tell them that that's not how Tamil works. Then it became a huge debate point. Are you disrespecting Tamil? Like, will people feel disrespected when you use a colloquial? Can you use it in a TV ad? Will that be seen as inappropriate? And then we had to tell, no, that's how we talk. <laughs> and things like that happened. So those are the interesting part of the work. But communication was what I was handling. Wow. I have two follow-up questions, Bharat. I I don't know uh, if you're comfortable answering, but I'll probably ask anyway. First one question is the amount of data that today we are using in marketing, in marketing analytics and everything. We are using, I mean, tons of data, uh, right at whether the your mouse click or your arms are going here or there. So based on that, right? How much of data was used and how much of software was it being used to even see how much is the search? Is there an additional number of acquisitions that are happening in that area and analytics? So I would like to understand that. And second question, I'll follow up on that. Yeah, I think um, I will start with that and even continue with other organizations, especially marketing, uh, let's say search campaigns, remarketing campaigns, etc. We get access to the data. Like, okay, so many people 
viewed your page so many people clicked your ad so many people filled your form so it's in a way it gives you a funnel saying from the initial exposure to the final purchase what are the different stages and how much was the loss or how many people backed out in a particular stage etc so that data is definitely available for marketers see the thing is certain times we we decide to go by data saying okay this is what data suggests let's optimize this part certain times we go with what it ought to be like certain decisions cannot be made just because data says so sometimes our gut feel or conviction will say it's okay we go ahead and launch this because it ought to be done here uh, this let's say let's say uh, we have to let's say start with a random example of 5g launch near a college area maybe the data currently may not say that but you know that okay if it's a college let's say a vat where people from multiple states are going to come it makes sense for you to try a launch there and see how the performance is how people are using data what's how youtube is working buffering etc etc so sometimes we go with the the gut feel as well but predominantly from a from a spend point of view where you invest money in uh, we we look at a lot of data to make those decisions wonderful were you even at that point in time when you using so much of data analytics and everything were, uh, did you feel that hey did i did i make the right call of switching was there a, even a even a qualm because right now if you look at it look at marketing teams they have like huge number of ai people people from software from data scientists and uh, a, a specialist are there communication specialist are there i'm not even denying that part but still the team itself has become so cross functional um yeah. has it happened or is it is it helping you in some way or shape uh, you mean the the focus on data is it helping correct, or not? is correct. that the crux of yeah. focus on data and uh, focus on the uh, background of engineering because uh, you a uh, purely marketing professionals typically have more of the creative eye and uh, looking yeah. at the looking at looking at it from saying that you know is the kinesthetics working is the uh, you know uh, sensitivity sensitivity is working fine those are really the they are more heightened in the other side so that's why i was checking in got it. i think i'll have a very convoluted or like little complex answer to this question sure. uh, first part is i am more a max guy than an arts guy so uh, something that i enjoy is numbers percentages etc etc so uh, naturally there is that thought in my mind to go and look at the patterns the percentages the numbers and i help i use that in in my decision making it has helped uh, but i also believe Uh, an eye for art an eye for aesthetics helps everyone uh, and it's not just marketing i think i'm slightly digressing but let's say even let's say a chief minister if he has an eye for aesthetics the way a campaign let's say something gets rolled out and the way it is communicated the way it is let's say even a even a, a placard that is placed a logo that is used everything will look nice so it helps if you have a sense of aesthetics for in any role so chief process an extreme example but even a project manager even a marketing analyst when there is that eye for aesthetics it helps in the overall look and feel of the project and execution of the project now from a data point of view uh, has it helped it has definitely helped but i have also felt sometimes we we make the data speak what we want it to speak so we can there is so much of data that is available that let's say beginning of the year we commit to saying these are the five things my marketing department will be responsible for and i go about optimizing it and honest in saying this has increased this has decreased which is a completely acceptable may- way of using data 
But if that is not defined and during the process, we, we decide which will be the parameter that we will measure, we can always play around. I can say that the, the total number of viewers have come down, but the clicks has increased. The clicks has come down, but the signups has increased. The number of customers has come down, but the revenue has increased because per customer revenue has increased. So then you're not acting. Uh, there is no actionable insight from the data. It is just ensuring that your job is safe. Uh, and also in Zoho, I've realized after coming in, Zoho is a very privacy focused organization. So a lot of those data visibility or information is sacrificed uh, in the sense that there is no cookie uh, measuring. So when generally remarketing, retargeting is a very common marketing tool. So let's say the common example, like a, a non-marketer would understand that you visit an Amazon and search for a shoe. Wherever you go, the shoe ad follows, right? That is remarketing. Uh, the, the system understands. It is basically done through a cookie dropped in your yeah. laptop or in your system. It is a very common marketing practice, but Zoho doesn't do that. Zoho says, I don't want to track the user. He came and searched for something, leave him in peace. <laughs> when he wants, he will come back. So initially, I was also skeptical. Is it going to impact my marketing efficiency? Is it going to uh, reduce my performance of the campaigns, etc.? But later, I realized it doesn't matter. If you are measuring the overall uh, LTV by uh, lifetime value by cost of acquisition of a customer in SaaS generally a four to five uh, is a good number in the sense that you spend hundred dollars to acquire a customer you get four hundred dollars from that customer return you are good your business is sustainable so when you focus on those macro parameters these micro what does this campaign give how much click this does this give what is the CTR it is good to know but it is not like a showstopper that that derails your marketing effort so I have after coming in, I've accepted the fact that it's good to have some data, but decide what to focus on and what to ignore. Cool. Very cool. In fact, uh, and my next question was around uh, software. You have have had two stints. I mean, currently, uh, currently you are head of marketing for um, Zoho. How has that uh, you know transition been? Being Atel is a very, very marketing-driven organization. While right. in software, uh, I don't know if it's the true today, is marketing is subtle. Uh, marketing right. comes with the thought papers. You actually go to conference and say, say, you know, these are really the, because by nature, services are slightly different compared to the products world. So how has that transition happened and what is happening in terms of, you know, your own learning and the path itself? As we heard the interesting journey of Bharat from being a technologist to becoming an entrepreneurial marketer, Bharat also shares uh, his journey within marketing from being marketing first firm to how do you keep the product first in the software world. He shares very, very interesting perspective in the second half. Enjoy. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people's stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.